Yo, yo, what's up? Welcome all my people. Be things back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Here in this beautiful city of Cincinnati on a Wednesday, finally starting to get a little bit of fall breeze coming in. Uh, got up this morning, it was a little chilly. It was a little chilly today as well. You see some of the players at practice even wearing some long sleeves. Maybe getting a bit ahead of themselves now because it's like 80 degrees now, but... It's that time of year, people. Um, recovered from that Steelers game on Sunday and looking ahead to the Cowboys. This Sunday at 425, going to be a super fun game. Would have been more fun, you know, if you're having, obviously, the starting quarterback, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, playing. Bummer that he's not going to be out there. But fortunately for him, heard he had a clean break in his hand. So with it being a clean break, the recovery process is even shorter and typically easier. So best of luck in his recovery, but it's going to be nice not having, you know, whichever opponents are in front of us, we're going to take care of them. That's our mentality. And whoever's lined up in front of us is lined up in front of us. So it ain't our fault if there's, no, if there's a backup in. It ain't our fault if they're weak at a spot or whatever it may be. We're going to look to take care of business into. Um, pin them against their weaknesses and execute upon their weaknesses. And that's starting at the quarterback position. I won't touch too much on um, the outlook on the Cowboys and looking into the game on Sunday yet. I'm going to gloss over some of the main things, my final thoughts from the game on Sunday and connecting it with this upcoming Sunday. So... I think some of the most important thoughts and things to grow from moving forward from this Sunday game is recognizing that it's okay to have bad games and most importantly, figuring out where you went wrong, understanding that, completely encapsulating yourself in that, comprehending it and growing and growing and moving forward from it. That's what Joe and this offense has done, wholeheartedly. It seems like they've done everything they needed to do in practice and understanding through what they've said on what happened. And to me, after dissecting you know, what transpired on Sunday, it was obvious that Joe was trying to emulate what happened in Week 16 against Baltimore. That's what he was trying to do. Joe, this offense knew what this offense is. And it has the ability to be one of the greatest that this league's ever seen. We know that. But he jumped the gun. It started with Joe. Yes, it certainly didn't help with pressure and immense dysfunction in the first half of the offensive line, just like with Joe. Um, You know, but it starts up front. Um, Joe kept trying to go for kill shots. Like, it's a very fine line with especially how this league is going today with the star power that's been so amplified, the elite play, the production, the big plays, the splashy moves, all of those things with a young player in the first game of the season of us playing together, we got too excited. We got too impatient. Joe kept trying to go for the kill shot every single play. We need to focus on winning the game in 60 minutes. Not one minute, not one play. Joe kept trying to do that. 
He would find his first, second, third read or first or second or first flat out and try to go for the killer, the deep ball, the big play. Wait for my guy to get wide open or whatever. And it just tripped him up. It caused this whole offense to get out of rhythm when the offensive line is struggling, when we put ourselves in schemes that were a disadvantage to us because of our lack of chemistry together. It bit us in the ass. We simply jumped the gun. And, I, well, what was great was that Joe rebounded so quickly, so quickly. Like, Joe rebounded really well in the second half. He had that one, one of those other plays snuck in, like in the first half of, um, on that fourth and six, forcing it into a window that just was not there. He got a little flustered, and it, it was just not a great play. We know that. It was the tip ball to Akella Witherspoon, I think. Um, but you know what a reality was of this, guys, was that defenses are going to live and die by their cover two shell up against us. They're going to be into a cover two shell to where they are going to live and die by not letting a guy get behind them down the field. They will not allow it to happen. They will bend over backwards. They will allow anything underneath because that's the sacrifice of going against an elite offense like the Bengals. With elite players, they know that we can destroy them underneath. But the reality is, the sacrifice they're going to have to make is that we cannot afford to give up the 50-yard play, so we're just going to have to afford to give up five 10-yard ones. It's just how the game goes. It's how a lot of things goes, you know? Fortunately, with how we lead our offenses, that's the shit we have to give the defense. Hey, which shit do you want to take? Do you want to take the shit of having to deal with a 50-yard bomb over your head or five plays of 10 yards? They're going to take the gamble on the five plays of 10 yards. So that's what defenses are going to do against us. And Joe got too impatient. And uh, But a big concept is Patrick Mahomes dealt with the same thing last year. When Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were struggling, I think at a 2-4 and four record, people thought they were done. But for the first three years of Patrick Mahomes' career, they did what Joe Burrow did last year. Was this just elite production that if you go in a two, a, um, you know, a high fucking coverage, like, we're going to destroy you. Like, you keep just a safety over the top simple, and as soon as you come down, we're going to go over your head for a deep ball. As soon as they pull a safety down, because they're going to lure you in by going on these shallow routes, they're going to try to establish the run, force you to come up into the box, they're going to go over your head. That's what the Bengals did last year. It took Patrick Mahomes seven games or so to figure that out. It took Joe Burrow one half. It took Patrick Mahomes seven games to figure that out. It took Joe Burrow one half. Let that sink in. It's very easy to just indulge on the biggest thing. The Bengals lost. Joe Burrow threw four picks. There were still incredible things to take from this game. One of the biggest things, I still can't my I can't even process this. It's just so insane. This offense put up 475 yards, total yards. They, had, they allowed seven sacks and had six turnovers. 
Has that ever happened in a game before in this league? 475 yards. Half a thousand yards almost. Six turnovers you had in seven sacks you allowed. That's the shit they still put up. People don't understand. This is completely hypothetical. I'm not banking on this. It's a shoulda, coulda, woulda scenario. But this potential reality needs to be stapled into people's minds and to formulate excitement based off what could have been because it's real. Jamar Chase could have had five touchdowns on Sunday. Obviously, he had the one. And then the one on the goal goal line, that was a touchdown that the ref somehow missed that he was five feet away from. That was a touchdown, but negated. Could have been two. The one to where Mike Thomas, T. Higgins would have never done this. They did it multiple times last year with immense success. Um, Chase had that out route in the end zone or the comeback, something like, I don't remember the exact route. Mike Thomas ran the route too deep into the end zone, caused Akella Witherspoon to play two guys because Mike's dumbass ran the route four yards into the end zone. He should have stayed butted up right inside of the goal line, right inside of the end zone, just against the goal line. He didn't. That would have been three. The insane one-handed catch that was just out of bounds in the end zone could have been four. And um, and the post route that Jamar clearly dropped with no safety help over the top. Wide open. You look at film, there's not a guy within 15 yards of each side of Jamar. He would have walked in. Five touchdowns, what could have been. Why do I say that? Obviously, like I said, no excuses. I'm not about delusional hypotheticals and to try to champion myself. But it's to formulate excitement within us that, yes, while this game was immensely painful to take an L in, it fucking sucked, especially from your most hated rivals and how the game transpired. Just how insane it was and how close we were to winning. We can build off of this. Not everything was bad, guys. This old line strengthened up and looked okay and actually solid a lot in the second half of this football game. We just beat ourselves. Yes, I will continue to give kudos because the reality is the Steelers executed on the opportunities presented to them. They did. But there were many awesome things from this game on Sunday. And I'm just here to champion those things because they're a reality and they are things that we can build on moving into week two. It's on to Dallas, guys. On to fucking Dallas. 425 Sunday. Can't wait. Going to be a super fun game at Jerry's World. Like I said, Dak Prescott, Les Cowboys, you got to win these games. Last year, we really learned towards the end of the season to win the games that we were supposed to win. We had the hiccup last week with many positives that were overshadowed because of the loss that we can carry with us into the later weeks. Strap things down. Focus on winning the game in 60, not in one, not in one minute, in 60 minutes. They be patient. Opportunities will present themselves. You're going against a Cooper Rush backup quarterback. I don't know much about him. I don't think he's that good of a backup, but I don't think he's a terrible backup. But we're if I talk about him being a backup and the hype around him anymore, it's just delusion because he's a backup. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. We're one of the we're we're arguably the best team in football. You beat a backup quarterback. Period. 
I don't care if they're the best fucking quarterback, that best backup quarterback that has ever grazed an NFL field. You win. You're facing Cooper Rush in week two and Joe Flacco likely in week three. If not Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson. I don't give a damn. You have opportunities in front of you. Execute on them. You had the hiccup in week one. Here's another empowering thing that, I, that we can take from this, from week one to week two. The biggest lesson that was learned from this week one game was to be patient. We know the star power we have. We got too excited and we jumped the gun and it bit us in the ass. And think about this, guys. What's the biggest strength of Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor that they do together that forms an elite production? That's learning from their mistakes. Zach does a really good job recovering from a previous game's glaring mistake and strapping that up and fixing that for the most part. Of course, that doesn't mean you never have the same problem again. I'm not being delusional, but you guys know what I mean. You know who's even better than, than Zach at that is Joe. Joe's elite at that. How valuable is, to, is that to learn that in week one? What if we would have been riding high like the Steelers did a couple years ago going 11-11, 11-0, the worst 11-0 team this league's ever seen? And we would have been humbled late in the season and it would have derailed us. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a good thing that we learned it now. We learned it now. We are that team. We got a little bit ahead of ourselves. That's okay. This is the amazing opportunity to gain more clarity and control over ourselves. Now we have the whole season ahead of us to establish that like we have Joe sitting down at his locker for 45 minutes to an hour after the game, not talking to anybody, staring in that locker, just loathing. Not loathing with depression. Loathing, culminating his thoughts, formulating them, gaining clarity. And gaining clarity, you gain power. When you gain power, you're the successor of yourself. You can create whatever you want. We've seen Joe create amazing things within himself. And if he can create amazing things within himself off of this loss... He can bring it to the rest of this offense. And we know what this defense brought. This defense was exactly what we know it it was. From the preseason, from OTAs, the offseason, it's the same identity. And it's fucking powerful. You're looking forward to going against a Dallas team that's led by a backup quarterback that had a lack, an almost just as embarrassing but in a much different manner in week one. They didn't score a touchdown. Their number one wide receiver had an embarrassing performance. The offense was terrible. They couldn't get anything going. They were embarrassed just like us. But we showed more than they did. I just got to say this real quick, y'all. You realized after this bullshit that Joe Burrow put himself through, you know, and this offense went through in the first half, you realize Joe Burrow came back to lead two game-winning drives? You realize he won the game within all of his ability, right? Isn't that crazy to fucking think about? A guy that was sacked seven times, had six turnovers on offense, still managed to have game-winning drives twice. He led his team down to fucking triple zero in fourth quarter after the bullshit he suffered through to throw for 338 yards, 53 times, two touchdowns as the time expired. Game-winning drive. Then the egregious mishap happened on the field goal. 
led them down to the 18-yard line or whatever yard line it was in overtime. Game-winning drive Joe had. Finished it off, Evan. Botched by Mitch, Mitch Wilcox. Fucked it up, but that was outside of Joe's control. Think about that. Think about that. Joe can't even fuck up like a normal guy. Joe can't even fuck up like an ordinary. A good quarterback fucks up. He can't even fuck up like that. Joe is different, man. We fucked ourselves week one. But we still managed to fuck shit up. We're going to do that against this Dallas team in week two. Stay disciplined. Focus. Take advantage of an injured team. The Cowboys have suffered a lot of injuries. I feel bad for them. They lost Tyrone Smith, the all-pro Hall of Fame caliber talent at left tackle a few weeks ago. He's out for months. They lost their starting right guard or left guard, Connor McGovern. I think that's his name. Or McCutcheon, something like that. Right guard, out. Quarterback, out. Uh, Michael Gallup, still out. He may be ready for week two. Um, I don't really give a shit. Um, starting safety, Javon Curse out. Um, I forget their edge player's name. Um, I think he's a rotational, like a third or fourth guy for them, but he's out. We are still going against all world Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in football outside of Aaron, um, Aaron Donald. That kid is a fucking specimen. He's better than TJ Watt. We do not have any lighter tasks this week for Jonah. None. Lael, going to get the same thing. Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. But that interior defensive line is pretty weak. And I think another guy actually went down last week for them too. They have a lot of missing pieces right now. We are healthy. They are not. You take advantage of their weak points. You have a guy like Trayvon Diggs that plays cornerback like a wide receiver. He has phenomenal elusiveness, phenomenal eyes. He lures in quarterbacks to think that he's playing somewhere else, and then he makes great pursuits on balls, and he fucking catches them. That's how he had 11 picks last year. Um, A lot of things to look forward to, guys. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my personal outlook, 13-4 and four season for us. Well on track to do that. We will hit that. I predict this starting the first games one and one. Let's just switch this shit out. Lots of stuff to build on, guys. This is actually a phenomenal opportunity. And when I think in the macro of the macro, it would have been phenomenal if we would have won and things would have been all crisp and ready to go as they should have. And I want that. Man, taking L's is so valuable. So valuable. We are going to be better. Better than ever before, guys. We're smarter than ever before. This team is smarter than ever before. We're more powerful than ever before. We're going to be healthy. T's looking good in practice. Unsure if he's going to play, but he was dressed up today. Doing light work on the side. He may be ready to go on Sunday. You get your top 12 receiver in the game back with you. With your best receiver in football. One of the best slot receivers in the game. Top two, top three guy. One of the best running backs in football. And a solid O-line. One of the most elite quarterbacks to step on the field. With learning from the shit that we went through in week one. feel sorry for opposing defenses. Let's get ready, guys. It's fucking Wednesday. Before we know it, got a fun-ass game to watch tomorrow night in the Chiefs and Chargers. It's going to be a good-ass Thursday night game. Couple more sleeps. 
and we're on to Sunday. I'll talk to you guys back on Friday. Um, Enjoy your Wednesdays, enjoy your Thursdays, and uh, we'll have more in-depth analysis and predictions for the game on my Friday episode. Appreciate y'all. Peace.